Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away. And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day. Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude. And the job of Teal is part of the deal with his trusty go It's just a regular day at Stargate Command and it might be hard to understand. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Three Fries Short. I'm your co-fry, Sarah. I'm your co-fry, Christina. And I am your co-fry, Rebecca. We're back with an episode review episode thing. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> episode review thing. Of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that thing. Yeah. So on the docket today, we are talking about season three, episode 14, which is Foothold. But... Before we get into this amazing episode, we have a very exciting announcement to make. Oh, wait, um, can we can we jump in the fry box for it? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Let's yes, do it. Jump in. because we're three fry shots. Okay. Would anybody like to read the verbiage, the very legally approved? <laughs> I'm going to let you read it, Sarah. Okay. Go ahead. Go for it. Our, our lawyers. You did that secure I, the package for us. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as you know, Rebecca announced in a previous episode, I don't know which one, that the companion <laughs> is hosting an event with Amanda Tapping. And as a way to give back to our listeners, we're doing a giveaway for the event run by our friends at the companion, Amanda Tapping embracing mental health as a fandom. So Amanda was so touched by how many of us were willing to show her support for the good cause, she asked for two more intimate and exclusive green room video calls, which will take place after the live interview. Tickets sold out in three hours. That's for the main event, right, Rebecca? The main... The the the, the private, like, not private, but the small group thing. Yeah, so, out. like, the first batch of tickets sold out. The first batch of tickets sold out in about... in less than 48 hours. Those were 20 tickets. And so then Amanda was gracious and added two more sessions, which meant 10 more tickets. And those sold out yesterday in, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday mm-hmm. in three hours. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? We managed to snag one. We got I was yes. on the, on the trigger. My card wouldn't work at first. I was sweating. <laughs> I'm like, I know I have money. What's happening? So. Bonnie was going to get pulled in as support last minute. Bonnie, get the Discover card. We need your help. Exactly what it was. I mean, y'all are really in because originally it was me and I. My life would turn upside down. So I love y'all because I'm just coasting right now. Y'all, y'all are going to do it too. She's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Go, go get my, (laughs) go get my purse. Oh, that's so sweet. True MVP. So if you are interested in. Finding out how to enter this giveaway, we already posted, and by we I mean Rebecca, uh, MVP of Instagram, <laughs> has posted the help. <laughs> outlines for the giveaway. It's very simple. It's no strings attached. It's very easy. 
Um, so check out our post on Instagram for more details. Yeah. And then we are planning to uh, choose the winner on our next episode. Mm-hmm. So right Which now. will likely be Sunday, next Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, so like probably. it's Tuesday night right now. We'll have this episode out like ASAP Tomorrow. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll drop this one early and then we'll record again this weekend and announce because then the event is the following weekend. So we'll record. Mm-hmm. Oh, the weekend of the 27th, 28th, and then June 3rd is that following Saturday. Yeah. Uh, oh, just got nervous again. <laughs> you got this. It's going to be great. This. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited amazing. we can do this for people. I think, you mm-hmm. know, all of us uh, check in with each other regularly about mental health and like... Mm-hmm how we're doing and we've we've you know we've taken breaks before for it we've we take it very seriously it's very important um obviously this session with amanda is no substitute for like any kind of clinical help (laughs) but hopefully it can help you see if you're in this fandom that there there are a lot of people and there's a lot of support and like peer support within the Mm -hmm. fandom so yep so and to be clear this ticket is for the intimate uh like breakaway Yes, included kind of in it is also your ticket to the live stream, the, the yeah. live stream before. If you don't win this ticket and you still want to go to the live stream, if you are not a companion member, it's 20 bucks and all this money is primarily going to a mental health charity. Like, so it's all going to a really good cause, a really good place. Amanda wouldn't take any anything for it. So um, of our hearts. <laughs> truly. So if you want to do the live event and watch me um implode on the inside while I'm interviewing Amanda <laughs> tapping on the outside. And you can go to, I should have set this up, but www.jointhegreenroom.com. Let me see if Mm -hmm. I can create that really quick. Jointhegreenroom.com. Yeah, scroll that. There we go. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, look at us. We're so perfect. Technology. So um, if you don't win the ticket and you still want to come to the hour-long live event, which I highly recommend, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have a good time. I've got a lot of things planned, a lot of tips and tricks and stories and all sorts of things. Go to jointhegreenroom.com and get yourself a live stream ticket. And sign up for a wait list there, too, if you uh, there are more people than other than Amanda Tapping that yeah. are coming to the green room. And we're very excited mm-hmm. about it. So if you want to be notified about all of that, just sign up for the wait list while you're there. Amazing. That's, that's, that's my so exciting. producer spiel. I love it. Oh my. Okay, now, Sarah, you've got to read the like the whole thing, right? Wait, what? No. Or is that what you? Oh, the note was because that's what you put on Instagram. Yes. My notes, the Instagram note. So, yeah, I, this is <laughs> all of the instructions on Instagram. It's really simple, though. It's a like, a comment, yeah. and a follow. Yeah. If you do all three of those things and you follow the instructions on the comment, you are automatically entered then to possibly win this ticket. So, it's not a complicated raffle or anything. Um, yeah. Basically, the comment is tell us why you would really like to go to that. Um, yeah. Because I just kind of want to hear, like, Listen, no. our Instagram's kind of a fun place. Like, we've been posting really silly memes and shit lately. Charlie Daniels and Natu. <laughs> Boo, tomato, tomato. Like, yeah. There's a lot a of cool time. stuff there. I'm trying to make it even more fun and even better. Um, so everybody should join us over there. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of memes, um, I sent you guys kind of like one of that meme where it's like, this episode out of context. Like, I've kind of seen them before. So, so let's you have that 
We want to. Oh, you want to go up? ahead and you want to go ahead and throw it up? Or should Boom. we wait? Okay, here we go. We're doing here we it. Go. What do we've got? Like I get two of them, I think. Oh, okay. Which, I, I think. Okay, now? hold on, hold on. I think we need to have it thrown up so okay. people can be thinking about it. Anybody that's yeah. actually you know watching this in the future, or the, the one person who's probably <laughs> a significant other of one of you uh, watching us right now. Um, so they have something to think about while they're listening to us. So here, here it is. Here's the thing. The top left is just. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the old, Listen, when I worked in my old job that aged me, the one shitty thing that I had that kept me sane was a radio because I had to be in the office. But that radio, I swear to God, it played so many Maroon 5 songs. (laughs) I was done. I was so done. And this was also the time where, like, the whole thing about Adam Levine cheating on his wife came out. I was Mm. like, I've had it. Had Mm. it. So, the only reason I know that song. Has everyone committed these four to your memory? Uh, All all those people out there who are incapable of replying to me, have you committed these to your memory? Mm -hmm. I will take your silence as a yes. Now, now or forever hold your peace. Should we just cruise through the notes and discussion and then at the end bring it back up to explain? We'll bring it back up to talk about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Are we ready to get into this episode? I love this Let's episode. Let's get into Let's it. Do so, it. so, what are your first impressions? Like, what do you guys think about it? Was it a good one? Do you wish we had it's, like it's more- a good adventure romp to me? Mm-hmm. That's that's what it feels like to me. Um, it's like can't be feel good. Like I don't find anything, and I do enjoy a good something's wrong, not on a different world episode. Like things are wrong on Earth or at the SGC. Yes, because um, you get to you get to involve all these characters that oftentimes you don't get to see that much of otherwise. So yeah. Um, some I, fan favorite favorites and also some very hated and sometimes both one person has both so yeah yeah i like that it was an earth contained episode there's really good ones that are earth contained that are very memorable where you don't go off world but it's a great episode like a matter of time is another mm-hmm. one that i think of that comes to mind um i also like that we get a sam teal team up mm-hmm. even though it's kind of brief i love that pairing they work so well together and they share that special kind of like we've got the the special gould like immunities or whatever so they also match each other's energy really well which i feel mm-hmm. like you notice more later there's like season eight i think when they have to go like help um thor out with the replicators and it's just the two of them Mm. Yes, yeah, the very yes. beginning of season eight. Yeah, yes. um, and they're like in the in the ship together, and she's like, "I'll make you a sandwich." She's like, yeah, she's, she's trying well, to do small talk with them. I mean, yeah. then eventually they had a whole. Oh yes, we we talked about Rebecca's. I don't even think it's headcanon anymore, though. I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. So, oh yeah, you forever colored the way that I look, and uh, I'm not going to be able to watch that again. The same. No, I, no, always, I, I really, always, really yeah, did. It. I did. I think of Vicky it. and too. Vicky, yeah. if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm no. not. I'm not sorry, actually. I don't Dude. hate it. No. That is epically just like tragic in its own way. And it's yeah. just. Yeah, because he has to yeah. live with that. Oh, <laughs> I don't That's hate that pairing. No, as, I don't either. Like, I, the, as when much I as a shipper. These look really well together. Like, yeah. As much as a shipper of Sam Jack that I am, I don't. I don't hate it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, also, we have. 
Colin Cunningham returning as Major Davis, bestie. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Macbeth returns as Colonel Mayborn. So mm-hmm. we get some of these periphery characters back in uh, that makes for a good time. So let's dive in. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Our episode opens in the gate room. SG-1 are returning from a mission. They briefly mention how they were looking for Keb and the Harcesis child, but it was a dead end. And they're wearing ponchos. They're all wet. And Jack will not shut up about it. Mm-hmm. He's constantly bitching about it. What? Yeah. He's got mushrooms going out of his ears. He's wet. He's being such a drama queen. He's like shaking himself like a dog. Like, chill sir like you're not you have a poncho you're not even that wet like if you had a poncho on maybe your shoes are squishing which would maybe piss it, anybody maybe it off. had holes in it you never know yeah so hammond is waiting for them at the end of the gate ramp and he just orders them to the infirmary and in the elevator there's a fellow airman he's escorting them as a safety precaution because there was a chemical spill on level 23 let me see if i can get this right tetrachloroethylene rupture I'm, pr- I'm impressed. Yeah. I practice. Good techno babble. <laughs> so the level was sealed off and the hazmat crew is cleaning it up right now. So Dr. Frazier is doing the standard after mission medical exam. They have to get all their shots in their butts. Now, this is my question to you, Rebecca. Why would you need a shot in the butt after hypothetically going to another planet? Is it tetanus? Is it just like a general... I don't know what shot, I mean, what shot recently have you had in the butt? Because most of the shots I've had recently have been in the arm. The last time I had one in the butt was like to get- 10 years ago. And I, when I was like really sick and they were like straight in the butt. I used to get B12 shots in the butt. Mm-hmm. Why the butt? What is there like a. I don't know. There's nothing we carried on the ambulance that we gave it like shot in the butt. It was always like either in the arm or like on the top of the thigh. So, yeah. Or through an IV. So. Interesting. I don't know. So, I'm sure it's some kind of antiviral cocktail, though. Like, like when you, you say you're traveling to certain places on Earth, even, oh, you know, yeah. and they're like, hey, these are the shots we recommend you get, blah, blah, blah. It's probably like I one of those, like, after the fact. Is it because if it's like a heavier, thicker needle, like it's less because there's more meat on the butt, like it's, it's not as painful to get it there? I don't know. I'm going to look at, I'm going to give it a goog while we're, we can continue on. Listen, but. I don't think they care about comfort. Like you're getting a shot. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think they're going to care. Like, oh, we will do it in the butt because it'll hurt less. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think. It's because um, they, the apparently just doctors and nurses can often choose it from, for drugs that are indicated for I am intramuscular injection because it's a large muscle with large amount of muscle mass, but it's also safe because there are a few nerves and large blood vessels passing through. Mm. So it's easy, basically. I guess if they really do just want to do quick jab and go, then like the butt, that'll do it. You know, the glutes are hard to miss. (laughs) Yep. So and and they're not this is not an unexpected thing for them. It's (laughs) what? Oh, Adam. <laughs> Hello, yeah, welcome to a- our conversation about butts. <laughs> Shots in the butt. To arrive. Well, I'm going to embarrass him here and let everyone know. He is an ass man, okay? Like, you gotta, I mean, he's I get a boot- it. Hey, and listen. Sorry, man, you, you thought it was an awkward moment. Now, now it, it really is. It really is. <laughs> 
Uh, so, yeah, okay. Focus, everyone. Focus. So they're they're not. Um, this is not unexpected for them. This all seems very routine. Um, great. Now Ergo's putting his. Ergo, your episode is in two episodes. Can you just calm down? We'll we get to yours. Your butt. Okay, we're, we're very close about. to yours. So. We hear an announcement on the loudspeaker, and it says, Attention all levels, contaminated material transfer in progress. Please remain at your post until notified. This will come into play later. So a nurse approaches O'Neill with a syringe, and he's just, he's such a drama. He's, like, bitching so much. And he just looks at her, he's like, listen, really jam it in there this time. When I was watching that scene this time, I now feel, like, 95% sure that that was Richard Dean Anderson just like saying that. And he wasn't even supposed to in the scene because you can kind oh, of yeah. see him stop for a minute. Like he's like, Oh, I got one. Like that's what it kind of feels like in the scene. So what, go back and watch it. And you'll be like, yeah, I think I, think I see that moment where like the gears start turning Ad-lib. in his head. Yep. I do love that. And I like the fact that the, the, the orderly giving the shot, she's this like really tiny short lady <laughs> almost. And she like gives the vibe of like, She's a dom. Like she's mm-hmm. like, yes, bend over so I can shove this needle in your ass right now. Like <laughs> you're gonna listen to me. So at while they're doing this, the curtains are pulled between their beds and they're talking, like they're chit-chatting all about the Harcisa's child through the curtains. You need to chill, son. Please lay down. Like he's so needy. For those of you out in audio land, you can imagine what's happening right now because it's happened so many other times. And that is is Ergo. Ergo wanting to be right there Mm -hmm. with with his mama. He loves his pets. He likes to rub his face on the microphone. He definitely is our fourth co-fry. He's like always there. He makes a lot of appearances, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, sorry, back to, I don't want to prolong this anymore. So they're chit-chatting about the Harcisa's child. Sam poses the thought, but nobody replies. She's, she says something about, like, they're talking about, like, the memory, the genetic memory of the kid. And Fraser tells her to just relax, and she gives Sam a shot, and she passes out. And Fraser very sinisterly says, let's begin. Mm-hmm. And all the curtains are pulled back, and all of SG-1 has been sedated. What is going on? Also, <laughs> if anyone noticed... Everyone on SG-1, except for Sam, is laying on the bed normally, except for poor Sam, who's, like, flopped over. Like... I didn't pay attention, no. Like, it's just like, damn, they did my girl dirty. Like, they couldn't even get her, get her fully on... So she's just, like, flopped over on the side. So we have our opening credits. We cut to Teal'c. He is laying on the gurney, and he's waking up. But very like stealthily, he's like, "I'm not just gonna get up. I need to like see what's going on." Sam is lying next to him on her own gurney. He overhears Doctor Fraser talking in the hallway, so we have some dialogue. Um, there's Fraser, uh, Hammond, and then um, um, there's some kind of like who is narration uh, dialogue in there. Too. Um, who do you want, Rebecca? Oh, I'll do Hammy this time. Okay, I'll take Fraser, and then I'll do like the the narrator. <laughs> okay, so Fraser, she's off camera. It must have something to do with alien symbiote within him. And then Teal can see through the 
opening in the curtain, Dr. Fraser, General Hammond, and Sergeant Siler are standing just outside. It took an extremely large dose just to sedate him in the first place. Behind Siler, Teal'c sees an alien. The alien appears to be wearing some kind of armor, its face simply a mask. What's the problem with the human? The camera pans to a fully exposed alien. It is breathing heavily as, as though wearing a filter. It also kind of looks like a humanoid roach. <laughs> her body chemistry has been altered. It is related to her prior infestation by the dominant parasitical species of this galaxy. Is there a way to compensate? I haven't found it yet. To Siler, Hammond says, Place them in a holding cell. And then to Fraser. Once the invasion is complete, you may study them further. Only then will we know if this is a viable new homeworld. Oh, they've been compromised. There's aliens in the SGC. Hammond and Fraser are in on it. What the hell's happening? You see like these regular, not regular, they don't look regular, but you see these alien creatures standing next to them and Hammond is like, we're invading. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's happening? So, also, I, I added in there, these like aliens kind of look like humanoid roaches to me. Yeah. They also look kind of either roach-like or aquatic. Like some kind of crustacean, oh, maybe. Like a horseshoe crab. Something like that. Yeah, which is still technically roach-like, I guess. So Yeah. The yeah. roaches of the sea, unless that's mm -hmm. like insulting to horseshoe crabs. I don't know. <laughs> so Teal pretends to be sedated and he's wheeled away by Siler. We hear that announcement over the intercom again. Tension all levels, contaminated material transfer in progress. Please remain at your post until notified. And it seems like this is code for, hey, we're transporting people. Stay the fuck out of the hallways. And they're using that chemical spill as a reason to like keep people out of the hallways. Mm -hmm. So the same airmen in the elevator as before um, ask if they're taking Teal to level 23. But he is going to level 16. So what is happening on level 23 for real? Is it a chemical spill for real? What's happening? The elevator opens. Teal'c makes his move. He punches Siler and he wheels and him away on the gurney. This Shush. is the whole reason Siler was in this entire like sequence. Like, if you see Siler in it, you probably should know some kind of stunt or fight is happening soon. Mm -hmm. Like that's like as soon as you see him, Dan Shea. That's his name. He's, right? he's going to get hurt. Yeah, he's going to get hurt. Yep. Yep. Um, so he. <laughs> He wheels him away on the gurney and just shoves him in a random room. I don't know what room, but some closet somewhere. And he heads to the armory. He gets some guns, ammo, and a zat. So now he waits by the elevator for them to bring Sam. He's like, I know she's on the way. She's kind of the same as me, so they're going to bring her to the same place. And as soon as they wheel her through, he shoots the orderly with a zat, knocks out the elevator concierge, and wheels Sam back into the elevator and wakes her up. So she's still really messed up from the sedative they gave her. She didn't wake up on, like, Teal'c woke up on her his own. He had to wake her up, which I'm sure it was wearing off on her. Because if you're sedated like that, I don't think people can just wake you up by shaking you. Like, if you have a chemical, like a medicine in you that's making you sedated, it's going to either have to wear off or they'll have to, like, give you something to wake you up. Yeah, it had to have been wearing off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Teal'c's just, his symbiote probably gave definitely gives him the one up on all that so yeah so they need more info and to see what happened to jack and daniel because they don't know where they are and they head to the uh, the security surveillance room with all of the um monitors and stuff 
This was my favorite room in Giant when I worked at the grocery store, mm-hmm. the security room with all the cameras. I'd have to check the cameras for stuff sometimes. It was wild. I like when Sam's she, like she knocks on the door and and the like little the like person attending the cameras. It's like who is it? She's like it's locked. <laughs> why she, why does she, she have to do look, that? Does this look like no? It isn't. I guess she wanted to just like they wanted to like maybe if there were more than one person in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, take them by surprise. Mm-hmm. So. There's an announcement for incoming travelers. They find the screen for the gate room. More of the roach aliens arrive. Hammond, Daniel, and Jack are greeting them. So they believe that they're imposters because Teal'c is like, Colonel O'Neill and Daniel Jackson would not greet such aliens so calmly or something like that. So they're like, this is not them. Like, there's some kind of imposter shit going on. So Sam and Teal'c grab their coats. They head for an emergency exit. And Sam poses the question, how do we know we're the only ones who haven't been replaced? There is no way to know. Certain SUC members are imposters, but not all of them are. Some may still be regular personnel who have no idea what's happening. But if Hammond has been compromised, they can't trust anyone. So not only are they like, well, shit, there's an active invasion happening. But like, who are our people and who are the aliens? Mm-hmm. Um, like the person in the security room, probably just a regular. Well, maybe not. If they're in their security room watching the aliens, probably not. A yeah, they probably had to replace person. her pretty pretty early on, I would assume. But some of these other people that we see um, kind of like doing combat with Sam or Teal'c, they're regular SGC people mm-hmm. that really think there was a chemical spill. So they head for the exit tunnel, but the bodies in the elevator have been discovered and the alarms sound. In that moment, Teal'c decides to stay back and buy more time for Sam to escape. Because they're like, shit, the jig is up. And we have this really great moment. It's like such good teamwork. She's like, keep him busy as long as you can. I'll come back for you. And Teal'c is like, he takes off his jacket and like shoves it in the tunnel to like make it look like he wasn't escaping or like going mm-hmm. anywhere. He's like, of that I am certain. That I am certain. It's like, break. Okay, team, break. <laughs> So, yeah, he explained, I don't know if I skipped that paragraph, but he explained what happened with, he saw the alien encouraged, like he saw them in their natural form, so he knows that there's aliens here um, and something's going on. I don't think Sam had seen any of the aliens at this point. She's just going off of what Teal'c said. So, Teal'c takes off, he knocks out two more airmen and notices that the blood is red. This reinforces the theory that not all of the personnel are aliens. Although aliens can have red blood, that is an impossibility. But anyway, they they take a note to like show it. You're muted, Rebecca. It's because I had to take the avocado thing off. It was getting too oh. hot. <laughs> I, I said it was the right viscosity too. You know. Oh yeah, it was like really it was like smearing it in his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's inspecting the two men that he took out. Another approaches and he fired a pistol at Teal'c, which actually he gets Teal'c. He shoots Teal'c in his bicep. Um, and then he turns around and shoots this guy with his at twice. I like how Teal'c gets shot and he's just like, he turns around like, like somebody annoyed. spotted him or something. Yeah, he's like annoyed by it. <laughs> he gets shot and he's just like, stop that. <laughs> yeah. So he shoots the the guy who shoots Teal. 
he shoots that guy twice with a zat. We never find out if that was an alien or if that was an SGC personnel. If so, that sucks. Like, mm-hmm. that sucks ass if mm-hmm. he shot, like, it was like friendly fire. I guess the one assumption you could make, hoping that it isn't an SGC personnel, is that he was using a gun and not a zat. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you could make that hopeful assumption. So we never know. So I guess let's just assume that it was an alien. We'll we'll assume the best. Blame so, everything on the aliens. It's always them. exactly. So we cut to Sam. She is climbing out of the escape tunnel and runs off into the woods. She's looking rough, still feeling the effects of the sedatives, like the sedatives. Oh my god, I'm having a stroke. The <laughs> sedatives. <laughs> so. It's like she climbs out of the tunnel and she's just like, you can see it on her face. She's she like, also oh probably went, like how she just had to climb like up a ladder, like that three levels or something. Twenty two levels. Yeah. So another grocery maybe 16. Store. They were on 16. I can't remember what level they were on, but it was a lot. Another grocery store story for you. So when I was the manager, we had to go around and do like our temp checks and like. I had to go. It's really creepy room upstairs where like all of the switchboards are for the like outlets and shit to mm-hmm. make sure that the freezers are running. And there was a hatch to the roof. And if we had contractors come out to fix stuff, we had to, it was locked. You had to keep it locked. And it was, you had to climb this spooky fucking ladder and then unlock it or lock it. So if I had to lock it, if there was some contractor there, and they left i had to make sure it was secured and the lock was the kind where like you had to keep the key in it and twist it to lock it mm-hmm. so like i'm up there holding on to the ladder with one arm trying to lock this key so and it it was kind of like halfway enclosed and then the rest of it was open but i can kind of relate to like climbing that kind of shit sucks mm-hmm. it's not fun no i no, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. Hold on. So, Tioka's taking out people left and right because, you know, like he's he's busting through, uh, but they block him into a corridor and they use a bug bomb, essentially, to knock him out. It looks mm-hmm. like they just toss it in and it smokes up like one of those bug bombs and he's done. Mm-hmm. They, they They got him. We cut to Sam. She's in a city somewhere. And she She's at an airport somewhere. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. For real? It hands over from departures, domestic departures. Oh. But it is unclear where she... You don't know where she is. No, you have it is no an idea. airport. Yep. No idea. So she's at a payphone. Payphones. When those were <laughs> just a let thing. Us, let's just take a moment for payphones. Do they even exist anymore? Uh, I think it's so funny. in random places. However, over 10 years ago when I was trying to find one for a short film in town, we had to like look up where one was. Wow. Yeah. And that was t- it's 2013. That's still yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. So. We have some, we got the dialogue between Carter and Mayborn. Do you guys want to take that? Sure. Yeah. All right. You know Which one do you want? Yeah. I'll Carter. do Mayborn. <laughs> Mayborn. You get to be skeezy Mayborn. Um, 
Yes. He's, 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 you love to hate him though. Um, anyway, this is Major Samantha Carter. We have a foothold situation. Major Carter, where are you? She looks over her shoulder and sees another woman at the payphone. Carter walks to the side, attempting to be secretive. Um, I can't tell you that, sir. If memory serves, there's an outdoor cafe outside NID headquarters. In D.C.? Four o'clock. Checks my watch. Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more time than that. I repeat, we have a foothold situation. Major, you're way outside your appropriate chain of command. I have a reason to believe that may be compromised, sir. Understood. So I looked up because I wanted to know if foothold was a real military term. I could not find anything that mm. would indicate that it was. Um, I just kept finding like definitions of foothold. And I'm like, I have a dictionary app for that. I don't yeah. want to know the definition. I want to know like the context. It, it, it's, it's very sensical, the term for like when you, because when you gain a foothold somewhere or something, you know, like. Yeah. So yeah, it makes like, sense. Yeah, it's just like a com- it's a, like a conversation of war. Like, okay, you got the foothold here. Like, that's how you got foothold, and then you go from there. Mm-hmm. So on Gate World, the definition of foothold situation was an emergency situation within the SGC where alien incursion has taken over Cheyenne Mountain Complex and is using it as a beachhead for further conquest. Um, mm. And they use beachhead in in uh, season nine. Yes. So. In the episode entitled Beachhead. Beachhead. <laughs> That's so obvious. Really you know, creative, creative with his names. Foothold <laughs> Beachhead. Oh, goodness. Throw some creativity in there, okay? I mean, if you don't know what that means, it's kind of interesting. Like, ooh, we're going to the beach? That's fair. That's no? Fair. Nope. No, no, we're not. We are, but not in the way you want to be. <laughs> no. Not in the fun way. Nope. No. So... We come back to the SGC. Teal'c is in the infirmary in restraints. Frazier approaches him. In quotations for anyone who can't can't see out Frazier. There. Quote Frazier. Quote Frazier. So, Frazier. We've got Frazier. So, imposter Frazier. <laughs> we have Frazier, Hammond, and Teal'c. I'll grab the Teal'c. I got Frazier. I will stay Mr. Hammy. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Hey, Teal'c, how are you feeling? And then he He's, sits up looking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, he sits up looking at the leather straps holding him down. You uh, you went a little crazy on us. So, so we had to sedate you. SG-1 was exposed to chemical fumes from the spill. You became delusional and attacked several people trying to escape from the base. We're missing a section in here. Uh-oh. Amy comes up and he says, has Dr. Frazier, fill, has Dr. Frazier filled you in? And Teal goes, indeed she has or something like that. And then Hammond goes... Good. So now, now, we're, okay. now we're back on track. Okay. okay. We're hoping you can tell us where Major Carter is. She also had an adverse reaction to the chemical. One of the side effects is hallucinations, paranoia. Your symbiote protects you from a lot of things, Teal'c, but apparently mm-hmm. not tetrachloroth... Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to do it. I wasn't prepared. Tetrachlorethylene? That's pretty close, Te- yeah. Yeah, te- that works. Tetrachloroth... Thylene. Te- tetrachloroethylene. It's like ethylene. three. three. Ethylene. Tetrachloroethylene. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to say it faster. They should just, they should have just shortened it to TCE or something by the end of this episode, but. 
they're lazy with coming up for other names. Why not here? Uh, all right. Back to the dialogue at hand. Where is she? <laughs> Tilk says, I do not know. Tilk, if she doesn't receive medical attention soon, she's going to get worse. I won't lie to you. She could die. Let the gaslighting begin. Boom, boom. Tilk, now Tilk, did he really see what he thought he saw? Were there really aliens? Was he just hallucinating from the tetrachloroethylene spill? Who knows? So we cut to DC because Sam has fast traveled and is scoping out the area. <laughs> so boom, right there. We see Mayborn and, and approaches, or she sees Mayborn. Okay, for real though, we were kind of talking about this before you uh, came on, Christina. How, mm-hmm. like, she grabbed her coat, so maybe she has a wallet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How did she get there so quickly? It was also nighttime when she left the SGC. Mm-hmm. And it is four o'clock in DC when she gets to when she meets Mayborn. Yeah, so she's got and time. it's about I would say five hour flight. So as somebody who's been flying coast to coast, <laughs> it's about is- so it's six hours from San Francisco with a layover to West Virginia. So I'm going to go with five. Four, yeah, four, yeah. So so it's possible. It depends on what time at night it was when she popped up out of that hole. And when, when is she like, like, was she able to get a red eye? Like, what is she? Did she bring her that? credit card? She, <laughs> did she have to borrow Bonnie's Discover card? <laughs> borrow Bonnie's? <laughs> Bonnie's just helping everybody out. Sam's like, like pickpocketing someone along the way, covering her identity. Uh, I think I think she had her, her ID and stuff with her because she obviously got her jacket from somewhere. So yeah. like, they That's spent true. the time to stop by the locker room, which is like, okay. That's an interesting choice. Like, I guess you need jackets. I don't know. Anyway, they, they needed an excuse to put her in that badass leather jacket. That that nineties so cool, nineties leather jacket. She looks so, so cool. good. My um so my cool. college roommate Aaron had a jacket that looked like exactly like that in two thousand oh, in two thousand and one. Cool. So it was actually right around that same time too. That makes cool. perfect sense. Yep. Yeah. Hey, oh, Aaron, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> hey, girl. Okay. So we have some fantastic dialogue between oh, Carter, Mayborn, and then O'Neill comes in at the end. Which yep. I'll grab that. All right. We ready? We're ready. All right. So I'm sitting down, waiting for our waitress to leave. Carter comes up. So you came to the one person you don't trust. I don't know how far up the chain of command the infiltration goes. It may well be contained within the SGC, but if General Hammond was compromised... He sounded fine to me on the phone. What? He called me, Major. Calm down. He's concerned for you. That's all. I told you we have a foothold situation. Major, a chemical spill causing paranoid delusions is indefinitely more plausible to me than aliens taking over the SGC. She rubs her face. She's like, oh... My God, you don't think I can tell the difference between the two? What was I thinking? She stands up, turns to the walk away, but sees something that makes her stop in her tracks. Colonel O'Neill and Daniel are standing behind her, both wearing dark sunglasses. And Jack says, oh, hi, Carter. Carter mm. turns around, just glares at Mayborn, walks over, leans over in his face, and says, Mayborn, you're an idiot every day of the week. Why couldn't you have just taken one day off? That's my favorite line. I am bound and determined to use that on somebody someday. Mm-hmm. So like, good. We need the TikTok, Rebecca. I have mm-hmm. made that TikTok before. You mm-hmm. have? Yeah. 
It's, it's been a long time, it. but I made that one. Yep. Can we also appreciate the fact that in their world, even though she doesn't report directly to him, that's basically like she's saying that to her boss. He is above her in rank. That is someone mm-hmm. that is her boss and could give her orders. Mm-hmm. So, like, could you imagine saying that shit to your boss? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if no. it's Mayborn, probably. Truly, like, yeah. She already, like all of them, have pretty strong feeling has pretty strong feelings about him. So, she she probably hated that that was literally the only person she could call. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. O'Neill and Daniel give her the same story Fraser gave Teal'c about the chemical and that she's hallucinating and paranoid. Sam doesn't trust them, but if they, impo- if they are imposters, they're really good ones. Jack is very, like, O'Neill-y here. Like, he mm-hmm. says tetrachloroethylmermaline stuff, and he's still bitching about water in his ear. This mm-hmm. is all very Jack-like. Um, and Daniel is, like, his normal... They're not weird, they're not like acting strange. They're not speaking differently. It's very convincing. So Sam knows that she was injected with something, and Jack explains in a way that they were trying to sedate her because she was going nuts. Now, okay, I know gaslighting is an overused word, and people use it incorrectly, or it's like this overused buzz, but this is truly like. Oh, yeah. This, this is gas. They're gaslighting. They're like, you're crazy. You're literally hallucinating and paranoid this is over gaslighting yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so and if we are to believe like that they are who they are like let's pretend for an instant that this is the real jack and this is the real daniel which we don't know it could be her friends and peers are not listening to her and they're completely invalidating her feelings invalidating what she saw and actually she didn't even see the aliens like Teal'c did. Only Teal'c saw the aliens in their true form. Well, actually, I lied. She saw them through, the, saw them through the Yeah, she saw them through the screen. Which so, is like, I don't know. I feel like that's an argument against the hallucination, too. Like, I saw them mm-hmm. on a screen, not, like, in front of me. Like, Right. Mm-hmm. So they're really making her question herself and think, am I wrong? Am I really, like, hallucinating? Mm-hmm. Are they right? They're acting like themselves. They're very convincing. They're not acting like weird cockroach aliens. So she's surrounded by, and also this is another layer. It's a seven layer burrito from Taco Bell. We've got the gaslight layer. And next we have the, she's surrounded by a group of men telling her she's actually delusional because of a chemical spill. How many times have we experienced that shit? Surrounded from coming from a man or a group of men saying that, we're wrong we're crazy and like i got no told it it was i'm told it was only a chemical spill almost every day i mean i just i I live that life so don't gotta tell me i know i remember rough out there here's a side story because i was digging deep this is like your episode. I love this. You're super prepared. You have all the good stories ready for this I was, one. I was, this is marinating. So I was in ninth grade. This is how deep this shit goes. 14-year-old me. I was in like this career preparation class. And we were split up into group projects. We all love group projects, right? Mm. Oh, and I don't even remember like how many people that like. I just remember this one fucking guy. And it was like this team building exercise where we were given all of these like kind of 
word or real life problems. And one of them was, okay, you're stranded in the wilderness. It's nighttime and the temperature is rapidly decreasing. Here's a list of all of these things. You can only pick five of them. And on the list, there were things like blankets, a lighter with no fluid, matches, a bottle of whiskey, um, a sterno, things like that, right? And this fucking guy, well, the whiskey should be on there. And I'm thinking, like, why? That's why. You're, that's not helpful. Like, getting drunk is not going to help this or drinking alcohol. Oh, no, it'll warm you up. It warms you so you can stay warm. And I'm even 14 year old me makes you feel warm but it's doing the opposite correct even 14 year old me was like that sounds fucking fake but of course like i'm in a group and i'm just like okay whatever like fine put it on the list so of course when the teacher who is also a woman explains okay you would have wanted the blankets the sterno the matches like things mm -hmm. that would actually be helpful he even argues with the teacher and it's like well what about the whiskey that would have kept you warm and she explained, actually, the only way to, like, warm yourself by intaking fluids is if the fluid is actually warm, like a soup or like a hot tea. That's mm. the only way that it would keep you warm. The whiskey itself is going to be that, like, cold temperature because it mm -hmm. can't freeze. So it's going to be like, what? However cold it is outside. It's not going to actually warm you. And then, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, intaking alcohol will actually dehydrate you anyway mm -hmm. it messes with your body temperature too so just alcohol it the fact that it is alcohol mess with your body temperature so even 14 year old me was letting my own instincts be invalidated and made mm. to feel like i was wrong and i didn't have the words or vocabulary except for like that sounds fake mm. to kind of like stand up for myself another thing was we had to like try and list out like the most record breaking profitable companies. So this was like in the mid two thousands, like 2006 or seven. And of course, because he's a cool guy that smokes Newports, he put Newport on the list. It wasn't anywhere on the list. Walmart was number one. Yeah. If it's after 2000, no, no tobacco is going to be on that list. It, so to this day, I think about, yeah, he's awful. Yeah. He's awful. To this day, I think about, and I'll follow up on, because I looked, I'll tell you later. I don't want to put it on the internet, but like. <laughs> okay, later. He's he's not doing so hot now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but anyway, like, I just think back to all of those times where it was like, I was made to feel completely invalidated in my thoughts. And I just completely denied my instincts or what I was thinking because, well. I'm, I'm made to feel like I'm wrong for whatever reason, even though I knew I wasn't. But I'm sure we all have stories like that. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I won't go into mine, but yeah. So we have more dialogue. Mayborn, mm -hmm. O'Neill. There's a Daniel in here, too. Um, I'll grab the O'Neill and the one Daniel. Okay. Mayborn says... Major Carter, you will accompany us back to the base. If you resist, you will be handcuffed. No, she won't. Well, this is all very touching, but I think this is this very conversation is in this very public place is evidence that Major Carter, in her current state, is something of a security risk. What's the matter with you? And then Daniel says, it's starting to wear off, isn't it? You're starting to think straight. That's exactly what happened to me. 
I'm so tired. And Jack says, we're going to go now. I'd like you to come with, but it's up to you. This is another manipulation tactic. They are being so kind and so understanding. So of course she's going to think like, I'm going nuts. They're being so nice to me. They're being so understanding. They're not being forceful. They're not acting like mm -hmm. hostile. So maybe I am hallucinating. Maybe there is something wrong with me. Also, Mayborn acknowledges the Sam and Jack shippers out there. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Well, this is all very touching. <laughs> Cute, but... Yep. Cute, but can you stop, please? Mm -hmm. he, is, he is the shithead in the situation when he's actually the only one that can really help. Right. The, the other ones are, are, like, manipulating her, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's taking their idiot. word over hers mm -hmm. and, and not... And he's... I mean, he's, he's the worst. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're yeah, our only like, hope, Mayborn, even though you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you're only hope. Damn it. How many times no. has that happened, too? Come oh, on. God damn it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So she reluctantly agrees to go with them. Cut back to the SGC infirmary. Fraser and Hammond are still with Teal'c. Fraser apologizes that she can't undo his restraints. He could still relapse. That sounds mm. fake. He can relapse from being poisoned by, mm, I don't know, sounds fake. So Hammond gets a call notifying him that Sam is on the way and the facade immediately drops. The mask has, the mask comes off. <laughs> really like She's Frasier. Like, mm. <laughs> the so, Kubrick stare. I loved because she just like, Frasier straight to Teal because like, then we may begin experimenting immediately. Like I just like, she's just like, <laughs> it's the mad, super cool. the mad evil scientist. Yes. Like, yeah. And it, it switches so quick because they're being so kind and patient. And I'm so sorry to you. Like, are you sure you can't remember? Okay, we're going to experiment right now, bitch. Fine. <laughs> like, just so quick. Not a pause. So cut to the interior of the plane. Our tax dollars at work, as O'Neill says. <laughs> they're discussing the chemical spill. And we see Sam take note that Mayborn has a sidearm in the back of his belt. Not for good gun safety, I don't think. That's not in a real holster. They're just shoving it down his ass. I don't know. He had a holster on it around it. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Still kind of a weird place to me. I don't know. It is. I guess it's like because he had his, you know, like dress uniform on. And he's yeah. also a dick. So, of course, he's going to have a gun on him anyway. He wants it shown. He wants it to be He's just on. a dick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... She sees Jack flicker and momentarily become one of the aliens before returning to his normal self. She pulls Mayborn's pistol and points it at the imposter Jack. Pouts it. I love that you put pouts it at imposter Jack. Spell check. <laughs> pouts. She pouts I never, it. I never claim to be good at spelling, okay? I just like, I envision her with like the gun and be like, mm, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> So Jack, okay, hold on. I skipped the part. So Jack and Daniel remain calm and completely unbothered, and they're just like, "Whoa, hold! You're hallucinating again." It's oh, can you drop? Like they're laying it on thick, and then she kind of like looks at Daniel real quick and points the gun towards him, and then Jack lunges at her and she shoots him. He screams like he screeches this awful inhuman screech. Um, and the two wounds on his chest begin to seep purple blood. Uh, the alien is dead. 
and it reverts back to its normal self. And then Daniel and Mayborn look at the alien's body in horror. Mm -hmm. Carter approaches and then turns the gun on Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is shocked. <laughs> shocked face. Like <laughs> when you think about it though, honestly, the actual character of Daniel is not really in this episode much. He's in the beginning and the end. And then Michael Shanks is playing other other people. character. He's yeah. playing, mm -hmm. okay, I'm I'm Sam, who's actually looking like Daniel. Like he's not himself. And I thought about this and I bet the reason why, so they wouldn't have to use a green screen. If she doubled as O'Neill. They would have mm. had to use a green or use Daniel instead of Jack Mark. in the other situation. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I could think of them doing it that way. Mm. So Mayborn tells Sam to check the pilot, but she doesn't trust him. And to gain her trust, he pulls out a pocket knife and cuts his hand. The blood is red. So she gives Mayborn the pistol. Oh, shit. I skipped a spot. Please hold. Major Daniel, is, Daniel is shocked. I forgot. He's shocked. Um, Sam tells him to sit down, and the cockpit door opens, and we see our bestie, Major <laughs> Davis, step out of hiding. Love him. And he raises his gun as Daniel is sitting. Um, but And he makes a crazy sound. Yeah, he like he does that like screech thing again. Mm -hmm. It's like Xena, but scary. Not good. <laughs> it's like Xena, but not. Oh, <laughs> like if she was a giant roach lady so <laughs> so Mayborn sees Bestie come out of the cockpit and he warns Sam and Davis does the same screechy thing and Carter shoots him twice and he also reverts his cockroachy horseshoe crab self so shooting guns on airplanes questionable uh, I don't think that's smart pressurized cabin and stuff i don't I claim think, to be smart but i think I know that's not a determined that it would take a lot really yeah i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i saw mythbusters on that <laughs> i just saw a tiktok that was like anyone who was uh, growing up in the early 2000s hey i saw an episode of mythbusters that actually disproved that whole thing yeah the cell phone <laughs> thing too but that was early 2000s cell phones. I don't know about these days. There's a lot more going on in between. Yeah. So back on level 23, we see what has actually been going on. We zoom in on Jack. He is waking up. His face is covered by a spider-like mask and headband runs across his forehead. Dozens of other people are around him, all hanging from the ceiling by glowing purple ribbons. It looks like jellyfish. Um, Hammond is next to him. Jack tries to wake him to no avail. Cut to the plane again. Carter is inspecting the dead aliens. She sees a small button attached to the alien's skin by some sort of goo. It's really sticky. Um, and pulls it off, inspecting it. They put some heat on the imposter Daniel, but he doesn't cave in. He's still acting all innocent. Sam sees a small circular device on the alien's chest and removes it. Uh, she checks Daniel, and he also has a similar device on his chest. Wah wah! You both phony. We found out, found you out. She pulls it off, and the image of Daniel fades away. The alien returns to its normal state. Sam places the device on her open palm and transforms into Daniel. The alien lunges for her, but Mayborn shoots it, injuring it but not killing it. Uh, the device only creates an image, and she couldn't hear Daniel's thoughts. She holds up the button she removed earlier and assumes this one links Daniel's mind. 
So that's how they were so convincing. They were actually linked to their mind and were able to access or maybe it helped program them to mm -hmm. act as if, you know, mm -hmm. act, give them all the mannerisms. Almost like an AI generation of like, here, we're going to give you all this data to work with. Let's put a prompt in and give us something mm -hmm. pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So we have, uh, this is just Carter and like a little one Mayborn. So you guys yep. can read that. Yep. This is Carter getting to do the sciencey thing. Yeah. So. I wonder what caused their images to blink out. They were just sitting there. Now put it down. Something interrupted both signals at the same time, Colonel. We should figure out what it was. We were leveling off. Cabin pressure. No, this is electronic. It was more like interference. Noise from the engines, maybe? If we can replicate the condition, sir, we can find it. I love when her wheels start spinning. Yep. And she's like, she's Ooh. like already like the whole time she's just standing there with the thing too. She's just like the like, whole time. Just like, like there's no trauma. There's no trauma <laughs> at all. It's just Ooh, science. Science. Yeah. Validation. I was yeah. right, bitch. Mm -hmm. Too like I told you I wasn't crazy. And even Mayborn is still kind of combative. And he was like, well, we were leveling off cabin pressure. I don't know. Like uh, maybe he's just in shock that he was bamboozled and this shit is really happening. He probably was of the opinion that the simplest explanation was probably the true one. But it's like also yeah. like, yeah, but which person talked to you first? Like, come on, you should at least. Right. But again, this is Mayborn. And as Nell uh, pointed Ooh. out in the comments earlier, hey. this is just hey, this hey. is how you excuse Mayborn. We've already established he did not yeah. take this day off. So he's, he's, he's an idiot every day. of rack, the week. Racking up the overtime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So cut back to level 23. Jack is still in his harness trying to escape, bumping into Hammond. It's like Newton's cradle. He's like bumping into Hammond. Then Hammond like shakes and he's like trying to steady him and be like, whoops. Um, but someone else wakes up and it's our bestie, Major Davis. <laughs> Before anything else can happen, the doors open. They go limp, pretend to be unconscious. Dr. Fraser enters wheeling an airman onto the room. She's accompanied by a human lookalike uh, and an alien. So they feed the unconscious airman into the large shell-like machine. The airman emerges out the other side, attached to the ribbons. Alien Dr. copy copy machine. Yep. yep. Copy paste. Mm -hmm. Control C, Control V. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Dr. Fraser removes the device that came through the machine, placing them on her alien companion. <laughs> Thanks, Nell. <laughs> that Mayborn is a workaholic. Oh, God. <laughs> Love it. Um, so she places the alien device on the chest, and now the alien assumes it. So this is how they're copying them. They shove them through. It's kind of like the Christmas tree netting, but not as <laughs> yeah, fun. That thing. Yep, yep. Um, so the ribbons pull the airmen to the ceiling with the other prisoners. Also, they're like jolly jumpers for grown-ups. That looks kind of fun, actually. Um, Fraser turns to leave and then suddenly looks up. O'Neill returns his face to the holder, closing his eyes as she scans the prisoners. She looks at them all over, sees nothing amiss, and walks from the room. So she's kind of like onto them, maybe. Cut to the infirmary. They're experimenting on poor Teok in a symbiote. Like they have the symbiote like in this weird, mm. like vice thing mm -hmm. hammond tells her to wrap it up because sam is approaching and she just might be easier to get information from like they probably think like oh they convinced her that she's going bananas and you know it'll be easier to get info out of her 
Jack and Davis finally figure out how to get out of their harnesses. It was actually really funny because Jack, he trusts, he he finds how, how to get out. He falls like like a ton of bricks. He just like clunks to the floor. And they're what, like 20 feet up, 15 feet up? They're pretty far up. Yeah. Yeah. I think from their feet, probably 10. Yeah. From like yeah. the bottom of their feet. Yeah. 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 So he's trying to find Davis among the other prisoners and tell him, like, hey, the latch for that thing is. And then Davis just falls to the floor. <laughs> he's like, oh, never mind. You found it. So Jack questions why they're the only ones awake. And he goes for Janet and tries to wake her. He removed the headband, but this weird <laughs> alarm sounds. Imposter Fraser enters. Jack takes her by surprise and punches her. No, wait, first, no, he puts it back first, though. Like, the (laughs) alarm goes off, and he goes, oh, shit, and, like, puts it back on her head. But But then she comes anyway. Like, she's already heard it. So Because he's like, oh, maybe nobody noticed that. No, they did. But I wonder if that was just, like, an alarm for that headband, because wouldn't you think if an alarm really went off like that, others would come running, too? Or did it just alert the imposter Fraser? Maybe it was, yeah, maybe, Hmm. maybe it, like, was in the room but it also imposter fraser because it's almost like she just like she could tell that the connection wasn't there mm-hmm. anymore so like she turns around and like oh that's true but he <laughs> puts it back on like, like dude let it like keep right, it we'll off. Just, we'll just put it back on there like he like sticks keep the drama going hmm. so the alarm sounds imposter fraser enters and jack is waiting kind of like right at the door so he can sneak up behind her and he clocks her in the face. He punches and he's just like, out of her. It's <laughs> like, that was weird. Cut to the forest outside the SGC. Sam, disguised as Daniel, enters the escape tunnel. Cut back to level 23. Davis and Jack are searching alien Frasier for weapons. So at this point, she still looks like Frasier. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to read this? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'll be Davis. Okay. I think it's just like the one this, thing. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So David says, what about the other thing? The other thing. Okay. She's just an alien. He touches the collar of her lab jacket then begins to loosen her blouse. Just an mm. alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. This was such a little thing, but the bar is in hell. So this is why I noticed it. I'm so glad they put it here because they could have easily bypassed this awkward encounter by making it more sterile or matter of fact. Like, we got to see where it is. Or they could have made it gross and nasty and, like, creepy, misogynistic grossness. Yeah, she actually had her undershirt on, like, too. And, like, it was mm -hmm. glowing through the undershirt. So, like, they didn't do the, like... Yeah. She's wearing a wonder bra underneath yeah. that. <laughs> like, right. yeah. No, she actually looked like she was in regulation clothing. <laughs> so. Yeah. so they they highlight that Jack is legitimately uncomfortable unbuttoning mm-hmm. the in- unconscious imposter Fraser shirt. He even if that unconscious woman is a humanoid roach alien at heart. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't know why that like stuck with me of like wow they could have made this nasty but they didn't didn't. and they actually kind of like leaned into it it was like this is not cool unbuttoning an unconscious lady shirt they've come a long way since um what's the episode in the first season where they turned into cavemen broke a divide broke Mm. a divide they've come a long way since broke a divide 
when yeah. it's like Sam's like in this like cut off like Ugh. yeah yeah anyway mm-hmm. the bar is in hell as we've established <laughs> mm-hmm. so he finds that circular image generator I made that name up by the way and stopped calling it the device mm-hmm. um, and removed it and Fraser reverts to her alien form and Jack is like yep that's an alien alright <laughs> kind of relieved <laughs> Um, and then the door opens and Sam Daniel enters. Um, she removes the image generator and shows that Before she does, Sam. though, you get to have a little bit of, like, shanks as uh, Sam fun fun times. Mm-hmm. Because Sam has apparently forgotten yeah. that she looks like Daniel. Yeah. Oh, God. And well, so, and it, uh, so, yeah, so it's just shanks being Sam, which is fun. That's funny. Yeah. He does. I do like that he his acting in this he kind of feminizes his voice more he does he sounds like his inflections and everything are very much her yeah Uh, it's not just the words because yeah of course she uses his rank and says sir and that's in the dialogue but it's more than the dialogue it's definitely all the inflections and the tone and everything yes it was very good very subtle and believable and i really like that part Mm -hmm. of it so we have some more dialogue carter o'neill um and a little bit of davis Davis i got the davis i got (laughs) o'neill i got carter okay every one of the people in this room have been duplicated by the aliens sir i you know look at fraser uh notice that the procedure didn't work on me or tealk we escaped but tealk's been captured where's he i don't know i haven't had time to find him sir look colonel mayborn's forces are moving in soon Mayborn, how'd he get? I called him. Willingly? Carter checks her watch. Colonel, in 29 minutes, those forces are going to break down the front door and shoot anything that resists. We need to help our people. We need to get our people disconnected. Yeah, I pulled that headband thing off of Fraser. Her evil twin came running. Well, how how did you two get free? We just woke up. Must have happened when I killed you. I'm sorry? I killed the aliens impersonating both of you on the plane. And they don't know you did this? I don't know, sir. There's a specific tone that, if sustained, will disrupt these devices. The machine's in my lab. Go. She's just like, the machine's, you know, should I just do the thing? (laughs) Let's go. I killed you, too, by the way. (laughs) What's that happened when I killed you? Sorry. So... She transforms into Daniel again and heads to her lab. Davis and Jack head to the armory. Sam gets the frequency machine ready. Jack finds where they're holding Teal'c. This was also really cute, this dialogue mm-hmm. between O'Neill and Teal'c. Uh, do you guys want to read that? Sure. Yeah. Which one do you want to be? I'll be Teal'c. Okay. O'Neill says, I've come for the bald prisoner. <laughs> I've come for the bald prisoner. <laughs> the to unlock the door and O'Neill raises his eyebrows surprised when his plan works. The open door and he enters approaching Teal'c with a zat in his hand. Teal'c is sitting on his bed. His right arm is bandaged. You will come with me. I will submit to no further experiments. Oh, but you will. <laughs> Teal'c looks at him and O'Neill cocks his eyebrows at the guards. I'll take it from here. I can't allow that, sir. Oh, but you can. And he zats them both and takes their pocket, rifles through their pockets, whatever. Colonel O'Neill, I presume. And then we cut to commercial. 
Just kidding. That was just a weird cut that a commercial would go if we were in the 1990s. <laughs> so Sam gets her frequency thing right, but imposter him and bursts into the lab and clocks her. Luckily, he shifts back to his alien self so we don't have to see him and punching Sam. A lot like, of people get the shit punched out of them in this mm-hmm. episode. They like, really like yeah, that's a like, that, like that melee. They mm-hmm. like that. Like <laughs> They were like, hey, we already showed Jack punching Janet. We don't want to see him and punching Sam, too. That's enough ladies getting punched by, like, mm-hmm. human-looking men for one episode. So, the jig is up, and the aliens are getting out of here. They know. And the head alien is pissed um, at, that it takes so long to dial the gate. Like, they start to dial the gate, and he just, like, screeches. Like, why is this dial-up internet taking so long? <laughs> this is bullshit. So as they're dialing the gate more, the leader lets out like a louder shriek, which summons the others. And we have this, I'll just go through real quick, but like Teal'c assumes, okay, they're evacuating. And Sam is like, we can't let that happen because they've had access to our minds. They'll know everything about us. And they're like, oh shit. So they mm-hmm. succeed in dialing the gate. A decent amount of them make it through and escape. Uh, they can't close the iris because it's been overridden. So they have to shut down the gate. They close the blast doors so no other aliens can get into the gate room. Mayborn's team enters and the control room and orders everyone to show their hands right as the gate disengages. Mayborn's had a nice costume change. <sighs> he has. Wow. It looks weird. I don't like it. Mm-mm. I'm used to seeing him in his like dress blues. Yeah, his dress blues. Yeah. Or civvies, you know, as we go along. True, yeah. He also has a leather jacket, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... One alien, apparently the leader, looks up at the control room and grunts angrily. He walks to the ramp, turning his face to the windows and turns something on his chest before it begins speaking. O'Neill, apparently having heard enough, lowers one of his hands to slap a button. The blast doors lower. Um, When the doors are almost in place, a brilliant flash explodes in the gate room everywhere. Everyone is forced to shield their eyes, turning away from the flash. O'Neill hits the button again. The blast doors slowly rise, revealing the gate room. The aliens have self-destructed. And we're like, okay, well, fine. We're just going to kill ourselves. <laughs> um, Carter stands examining the damage. Black soot marks, black walls, and the gate. Smoke is rising from the remains of the alien beings as ash falls from the ceiling. And Jack is like, just a coat of paint, a little touch-up. It'll be fine. I love it. Smart ass. <laughs> so cut to the briefing room. This is where like we get our actual plot dump at the mm-hmm. end. I kind of like it. A little, little mix-up here. Instead of at the beginning. So, there's a lot of people. We'll probably have to, like, double up and take two. Because there's, there's like, a little gap in between and then it picks right up again. Um, I can do a Daniel Davis. I'll do an O'Neill Mayborn. Carter and Teal, then? Uh, sure. There's a ham. There's a hammy in there, too, but just and one. Free. Uh... Yeah. Uh, I'll be Carter, Hammond, and Teal because there's not there's like one Teal line too. Okay, and then I can take the Fraser also. <laughs> we got okay. it. We, we got ready. That. We got it. Okay, whoever's uh, Hammond, take I got it. Away. I've ordered P three X one one eight locked out of our dialing program. The human counterparts of those aliens woke up spontaneously. We're assuming the signal stopped when they went through the Stargate. <laughs> Stop, Christina. Those who escaped still possess the knowledge they obtained from being leaked to. 
<laughs> You're a one woman show. <laughs> Jack says that's creepy. <laughs> we changed all our codes. That's all we can do. So, how did this happen exactly? The aliens came through the gate already impersonating SG6. We rushed. We did not plan this well. Not. We rushed them to the infirmary. We don't remember anything after that. General Hammond asked me to come here, but he wouldn't say why. Presumably, their next step after the SGC was the Pentagon. Well, a high-frequency blast from the harmonic generator every time a team returns should prevent it from happening again. So then Mayborn enters the briefing room. Jack gives him credit for a nice save. And then Mayborn says, I thought you'd like to know the alien posing as Dr. Jackson expired. What of the aliens that were not caught in the gate room explosion? We're guessing they were linked to the leader in the same, in some form or another when he self-destructed. What about the aliens that escaped through the gate? I guess we'll never know. We'll have to hope the same thing happened to them. And then... Oh, we appreciate your help on this matter, Colonel Mayborn. Credit Major Carter. I do. And they look shocked. Oh, my God. Jack says... Or, I'm sorry. I don't know who's saying Mayborn. this. Mayborn. Mayborn. Well, I'm sure we'll be seeing each other again. And Jack says, that'd be nice, Harry. Mayborn looks surprised at the first... As the use of his first name looks at Carter, she nods at Mayborn and returns the gesture. Mayborn leaves. Carter looks down at the table and looks at O'Neill, smiling proudly. He might be a shithead, but he gives credit where credit is due. We -hmm. go from Sam being gaslit and disbelieved to finally getting the credit she is owed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good episode. The end. I do enjoy footholds. It's mm-hmm. a solid, like, I don't know which one I'm feeling like. Oh, let's put on foothold. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of yeah. those episodes for me. So. Yeah. This was, like, this area of season three is my comfort kind of, like, I can name, we got foothold, pretense, ergo, 100 days. Like, I can name those episodes in a row because I've seen them so much, like, on the list, the DVD list or whatever. You lost, you lost me at the last one. Sorry. I don't think I really watched that one much, but that was on the disc. It's the four that's on the one disc. Yeah. 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 For sure. So you gave us some nice tropes. Well, let's go over some of them. Yeah. I mean, I was, I I originally looked up body snatcher trope, but it's not really body snatchers. So it's more like Mm -hmm. alien invasion. Um, So I pulled up that trope. And it's basically one of the oldest in speculative fiction. Beings come from space. Uh, and come to Earth to conquer. There's this was there are a few ways it can go. They said there's the all-out attack, the infiltration, or the combination of above. So this one kind of falls into the infiltration section, where humans uh, controlling humans in order to take over from within, and they're everywhere. The populace doesn't even know what's happening. Blah blah blah. So like, I feel like we've seen this in a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of entertainment. Um, uh there is the invasion of bot of the body snatchers. There's also, oh god, is that the one with Donald Sutherland where he's like? <laughs> they made a few versions of that of that, I think. But yeah, um, <laughs> there's. I mean, there's Men in Black. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar suit. Oh, oh, he was a Edgar suit. <laughs> Yep. That's very much, you know, feels a lot like the similar vibe. So mm-hmm. that's your alien invasions 
uh, trope. And the next one is the whole reason I put tropes on here is the reason you suck speech. <laughs> that is a okay, trope. Elaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pull it up because That's I think we one. all know, but like it's, it's when someone delivers a speech to another character on all the reasons why that other character sucks or is a horrible person. <laughs> there are several contexts in which this can happen. So a villain addresses a hero, a hero addresses a villain, a villain to another villain, blah, blah, blah. Um, one, one, of, one thing all seven types of speech have in common is that the speaker has a point, even if they're villains. So like whoever is making the speech, everybody goes like, well, they're not wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so, Magneto when he is like. Uh, yeah, I have a Magneto was right t-shirt now. So love it. Oh, my. I do too. I got it. Yeah, I got a purple. I ordered mine too. Um, I, I like how included in this list of like all these different uh, examples for sub pages, there's like a whole professional wrestling section. And I think that makes perfect sense because most of the speeches in professional mm. wrestling are the, you know, the the reason you suck speech, basically. Um, I thought about that. But a lot of times when, when like villains are monologuing or, you know, things like that, it's this whole the reason you suck speech. And Sam just gets it in really quick and succinctly with Mayborn, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the whole you couldn't you've just taken one day off thing. Um, there's even an example for my little pony friendship is magic. Wait, what? I love that. Yeah. Wait, hold on. In that link you sent? Let me. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I need to look at how far down. In the uh, it's in the example subpage. It's not a very long article. If you just scroll down to the example subpages, there's My Examples. Little Pony. Okay, hold on. Let's see it. Trixie um, and Rainbow, apparently. We are very big My Little Pony fans here. Um, so it's Trixie speaking to Rainbow about the reason you suck speech. She's not in the um, Rainbow Dash, by the way. Mm-hmm. She's not in the mood to hear Rainbow Dash's harassment of her and calls her out on not being similar. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Oh, Rainbow Dash definitely is doing the gaslighting. Oh, yeah? I At least I can live up to what I say. You're all bark, no bite. Oh, no. Rainbow Dash is doing it. Don't let your muzzle make boast... Don't let your muzzle make boast your magic can't back up. Oh, those are some good ones. I'll go down. That'll share that with writer. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't think about that being in there. But so the idea of that trope is that it's, so I understand it clearly, is calling out things that are all already obvious to the audience member. Like it's not a new yeah. found. And like, I think it's also they are like, oh. accurate. You know, even if it's like like the trope page says, even if it's the villain to the hero. You still are like, well, they got a point there. Like, yeah, I get it. You're a terrible person, but I get it. In our case, it was Sam to Mayborn, but like, yeah. Interesting. Um, and then the third one I, I chose to drop in there was just the teeth clenched teamwork. Mm. Where you like, you have to work with the person. Um, mm-hmm. That happens in a lot of different, you know, movies and TV as well. Like, I hate this person, but I got to work mm-hmm. with them. It happens in real oh, life yeah. a lot too. So <laughs> truly. Yeah. So my contribution to the themes and discussion is comes from all places, but an interview of Oprah. I love hmm. Oprah. Um, and I was actually, I actually found this on TikTok first. So to all hmm. the haters and losers that are anti TikTok, you can learn a lot from there. Anyway, looking at you, Montana. 
Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Boo, not till tomato, tomato, boo, tomato, tomato, <laughs> boo. boo. Not till January, but still. Mm-hmm. So I included the link, um, and I was going to play a clip, but I don't want, like, I'm sure Oprah has an army of lawyers, and I don't want to get, like, demonetized yeah, I wouldn't or whatever. The... Not that we make money off of this YouTube, but anyway. I don't want to get copyright claimed. Yeah. So I, because YouTube actually has, like, the transcript options, so give me a second. I have a lot of excerpts, and I'm going to break some of them down. Oh, so to be clear, she was interviewing an author named Gavin DeBecker, and he is an American author and security specialist primarily for governments and large corporations and public figures. So he knows a thing or two about security. And he wrote a book called The Gift of Fear, Survival Signals That Protect mm-hmm. Us from Violence, is, and it's a nonfiction self-help book. So this is, I'm focusing on Sam's experience here, particularly how she is made to feel crazy, delusional, they're discrediting her, they're not believing her. And the book demonstrates how every individual should learn to trust their inherent gift of their gut instinct by learning to recognize various warning signs and precursors to violence. It becomes possible to avoid potential trauma and harm. Now, Mm -hmm. I want to clarify, this is in no way like victim blaming because there's some questions in here that kind of might sound like it, but it's a way to have people analyze your own. Don't ignore your Mm -hmm. own gut instinct. We're not blaming you because you did the wrong thing but we want you to follow your gut instinct so here's an excerpt from the interview with oprah and again the whole video is like 40 it's like the whole episode on youtube i'm surprised it's on there because you can't really find it's really good so or just search it on tiktok if you want like the bite-sized version of it so gavin debecker says i've done this for 30 years ask people if they were asked people after they were victimized was there anything you knew was there anything you felt beforehand And most people say to me, no, it came out of nowhere. And then if I'm quiet, if I take a breath, here come all the details. I didn't know when I met that guy. I didn't know when I walked into that parking lot. I did have a feeling when such and such. And we're just like every other creature on earth. We get a signal prior to violence. There are pre-incident indicators, things that happen before violence occurs. So I think we can all relate to that. It's like, oh, I don't, I think I want to like take the long way. I'm going to mm-hmm. walk the long way home. Or mm-hmm. uh, that guy is like giving me a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. So Oprah says, so this is a show about using that intuition to save your life. And one of the things I remembered from the gift of fear, never forgot it. So to clarify, she had this guy on like before. This is like mm-hmm. the 10 year anniversary of the book. So she's bringing him back again. So she's talking about, I remembered from the gift of fear, never forgot it, is that you were saying that every, that we're like all other creatures, every other creature, we're the only creature that will sense the danger and walk right into it. All other animals sense that danger and back out. And mm-hmm. DeBecker says, yeah, the great example of that is, which we all recognize, you're in a hallway waiting for an elevator late at night. Elevator doors open and there's a guy inside and he makes you afraid. You don't know why. You don't know what it is, some memory of this building, whatever it may be. And many women will stand there and look at that guy and say, oh, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to be that kind of person who lets the door close in his face. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I've got to be nice. I don't want him to think I'm not nice. And so human beings will get into a steel soundproof chamber with someone they're afraid of. And there's not another animal in nature that will even consider it. Hmm. So he goes on again. 
there's no question this is what the culture teaches, which is that women have to be nice all the time. You have to engage. If you say something to if I say something to you in public, you have to respond. You can't be a bitch. You can't be mean. Yeah, and the fact is that men at core are afraid that women will laugh at them, and women at core are afraid that men will kill them, and often believe that if you're not nice, you increase the likelihood of danger and mm -hmm. risk, when in fact, the exact opposite is true. It's when you're nice that you open up and give information, that you engage with someone you don't want to talk to. Here, she doesn't want to let someone into the store, and for fear of being perceived as not nice, she does. So that's mm. just some clips from this interview. They actually like interview a couple different people about like how like they went through something, whether it was like someone was breaking into their house. It was something that had to do with a relationship. And they look back and it's like, did you have any feelings? Did you sense anything beforehand that you ignored? And they talk about it and that, that mm. gut instinct that we're so trained by society to ignore Oh my God, you don't want to be mean. You don't want to be a bitch. You have to be polite. Mm -hmm. But that gut instinct is that survival instinct. Well, what's interesting? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, what's interesting about that is like, I feel like that's, and probably we're going, it's like, it's the exact platform and that nature, that space, that's that special recipe, that perfect storm for then that layered abuse of gaslighting to come in where people go, aha, I can take advantage of this. Take advantage of people's like, societal like oh i should be kinder and mm -hmm. i can kind of use that to start weaving this narrative because i can lean in that well, she's good she's gonna at least be kind about it she's gonna at least take a moment she's gonna at least like question it instead of that hard line um yeah i was thinking about that like and how it relates to like what they were doing with sam or even sam's responses to it were like how they wrote that to happen um but it's all just a societal construct. It's that like systemic misogyny that just per permeates everywhere that we're I so really conditioned. Highly recommend to everyone to just enter your villain phase right now and don't oh, worry yeah. about oh. being nice to everybody. And here's the thing whether you like it or not, it's going to come as you get older because you just oh, yeah. stop caring. Like, you just stop oh. caring. Yeah. But like, <laughs> my friend Tyler sent me this meme, and the, the like, the quote was, how do you sleep at night knowing that there are people out there that don't like you? And the answer was with the fan on. Mm -hmm. like, Media. But it's like so true. You know? it's like, <laughs> well, because it's like the minute I stopped giving my ex husband like access to my house, like things that I was like being nice about to like making him, the minute that line in the sand was done, as horrible as the like backlash is, it's still my peace is not wavered. My peace is there. It's strong. It's empowering. Like, regardless, they're going to fuck with you. So just like, Mm. Have your line in the sand. Just yeah. build your you protective don't, you don't owe. You don't owe people don't that owe them kind anything. Of, you don't owe them any of that. They earn no. it. They should have to earn it, well, you know, that trust. And Kate, so. some point, what I texted you all about yesterday that his parents had done in the state mm -hmm. of Florida by going to the news station about X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm not going to be nice in my yeah. feelings on that. And yeah. I got told I need to be nicer. They were just trying to help. No. Absolutely not. I will report them and I will sue them if they pursue mm -hmm. it. Like you have to enter that villain era because it is so liberating. It feels it's so good. It's the same thing as like when I tell Bonnie, like sometimes if like I stood up for myself or I did something or I was very forward with somebody or something, she's like, 
now and this this is shows generations of it too she's like now you don't want people to seem like you know you're a bitch or something and i'm i have i've challenged her and she's gotten mad at me every time but i'm like would you say that if i were a guy saying the same thing mm-hmm. like you probably wouldn't you'd be like right? that's a strong guy you know yeah. so the becker's book is uh more skewed towards like helping women um mm. it is kind of skewed towards that like helping women stay safe but i think it is valuable for all people another thing that he said in the oprah interview is when men say no that's end of discussion when women say no it's an invitation to open negotiations Mm. Mm -hmm. which is felt thank you like i felt that Mm -hmm. um so even myself personally i get two main comments about like my appearance you look tired. I know. I've looked tired since I was eight years old. Thank you. <laughs> and you look mean. And I think that's just like a defense mechanism. If mm-hmm. I look mean and I look unapproachable, then people will leave me alone. Mm-hmm. When I go walking, I walk like four miles on my loop through the neighborhood. Sunglasses on. So I don't make eye contact. Just and like when I walk it. past people, I make sure I keep my head up. I don't look at my phone. But do or, like, you do you look mean because you're a woman not like smiling? Because I feel like that's a lot of the time the problem too. I don't know. I feel, uh, it would be like you're expected to be warm just, to people, and it's like you don't have to be though. Like you just don't have to be naturally smile all the time though. I don't trust that. That's uncanny valley. Oh, shit. it's it's real bad in the south though. Like I can't walk down the street. You have to at least like, go. You have to at least go like. Oh, hey, you know, you, I don't even know that. these people. I'm having to say hi. I don't even know them all the yeah. time. Waving all the time. I couldn't survive. All the time waving. It's like, hey, oh hey, this is nice I'll stick weather. With my, yeah, stick like, with my northeastern assholes. I yeah, love these people no, up it's here. So much better. It's so much better. Mm-hmm. I got Jersey, New York, and Boston around me. <laughs> and philly girl y'all it's, it's exhausting it's exhausting yeah like um another thing that i think about too is how working in customer service has like kind of ruined all sense of boundaries that i have because at least in the environment that i was in they don't stand up for you they tell they basically are like give the customer whatever they want we want them to leave the store happy so and i mean it was a grocery store so it's not like we can give away tons and tons of stuff like Mm. as a manager it was easier but as like someone working behind a customer service desk and someone bitching at me about like why they can't return a money order um i was in an environment that just like encouraged people to walk all over me and that translates to your personal life Mm -hmm. a lot you Mm -hmm. can't stand up for yourself at work you literally can't you will get fired if you stand up for yourself or go off on a customer who's disrespecting you, you literally have to take that disrespect. You do. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, I'm sure it's crazier for like um, EMTs and people like on the ambulance because... I actually know I can kick them off the ambulance. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can be like, see, I'm not going to transport you. Like, oh, yeah. And see, we'll ask for people problem. on property. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. So been, we don't handle the lack of respect in EMS, fortunately. It's like... That's good. Thankfully. Um you know, I'll just call the police on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will literally just call the cops on you. So. And I know some retailers have a different approach. The one that mm-hmm. I worked for, 
No, it was do whatever the retail retails the worst. It's, it's hard. And like, so I've been in a lot of situations that are like what Sarah, you're explaining where it is very much like we have so much at risk. Like we're just going to like give the customer. And even where I work now is very much like we're empowered. This is what I love. And this is something that even in a recent situation with people higher up that happened. So, and this, this made my brain go, ah, this is how I navigate this. So there's, the idea that, sure, the customer, we take care of the customer. Mm-hmm. We, but if they are coming in and taking advantage, they're not our customer. Yeah. There's a See, different line in the sand. When we get to a space where you're manipulating, we don't stand for that. And when that happens, one of the best things that ever happened, I had a store manager kind of in a because she always says yes to everything, always. But there was a situation that was like, absolutely not. We're not doing this anymore. And she, whatever. And it went all the way up mm-hmm. to the people that hold the name. Yeah. And she made them aware. And it was so wonderful to hear back this. It sounds like you made the right call. We'll hold the line. And that line is like, we'll hold the line. And that is everything. I'm like, that is what a company should do. When you do get to that space where you do have to stand your ground because you're not tolerating someone personally coming at you and there are people going, we'll hold the line. Like, that's what, like, yeah. I can never leave this company because I'm like, I just, that culture doesn't exist in retail. I've, I've had the hold the line in retail, especially with Apple, but I've also mm-hmm. had, I've also had the man, and this is on the individual level. This is not the company. Mm-hmm. On the individual mm-hmm. level, I've had the manager go, we're going to hold the line. And then when they start talking to the customer, they cave in like five seconds. So they got no like, Come on, man. Like, yeah. I thought we had a plan here. Like, we were on line. We yeah. Do this. Yeah. No. no, I never had that support. It was always oh, like, we, the worst thing that could happen is if a customer complained to corporate. Corporate doesn't want to hear it. They want us to resolve it at store level. They don't want to hear it. So... Mm. I've been in a situation where I followed the policy to the letter of the law. And then as they were walking, as the customer was walking out, because I denied them whatever they wanted, they ran into a manager and the manager turns around and gives them whatever they want. Mm. And it's like, you, you did not stick up for me. You threw me under the bus. You made me look like an asshole. And this is why customers feel entitled. And that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sucks because there's a power dynamic involved. They know they can treat you like absolute mm-hmm. shit for the most part. Like if yeah. you're in a restaurant or something, like I feel like very rarely do the managers stick up for people. If they do, it's behind the scenes. And I've had to do that too, where it was like, okay, I'm the manager tonight on duty. I have mm-hmm. to do whatever the customer wants or I'm going to get in trouble. But as soon as that customer leaves, I look at my associate and I'm like, you were right. And I hate that we had to do that. You were not wrong to do to do what yeah. you did. You were correct. That's just how but, things are, and I'm really sorry. But even that acknowledgement, I hope, is enough for them to be like, okay, I was right. But in at the least world, you're validating, living, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well and, well, and I think there's that growth and like tying it kind of back to where we're at, like the growth and like how like the show came along. Even like, stay with me here. Like so. You're, that's how you're, you're it was. Wrapping it back. I'm you're wrapping like, it yeah. back. Like all the way back. I'm wrapping it. it all the way back. So we think about how like we just complimented like Jack's like progression and treatment towards when it was like the female, like even though it was an alien, like we the intentionality there, like right, like they the growth. So in the same way to just loop what we're just talking about back into this like area that 
not the same thing, but growth. I'm making a very long leap of stretch, but <laughs> it's like the idea of like working for millennial bosses, like as a millennial bosses, things go on as people learn more and they do better. Like I think that dynamic in a customer experience, I think that dynamic in like that industry to customer relationship is changing and has a different tension line. It has a different space. And as millennial bosses continue in this workspace and these like gen alpha is eventually going to come in there. And right now we got Gen Z, like they're feeling, they get that support. We never got it and it sucks, but like, we know how much that sucks. And so to change that landscape, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and it's going to not be perfect, but there is a, there's a shift in there. And from that, we'll cultivate a different customer dynamic. They're not going to be able to be bossy pants all around because they're not going to get what they want. And they're going to kick and scream and bitch and moan, Mm -hmm. but it will change. It will evolve. And I think even just like in a gas, it's a very actually like gaslighting narcissistic relationship that customers try to have in retail environments too. They try to say, well, you said this, you said that. No, it didn't. Don't try to do that. Um, I don't know. know. So much clock in. Like, so. Right. Well, and kind of like another thing, getting back to like towards the end of my retail career, I totally, I did not give a fuck. If I was a manager, sure, whatever you want. Like, I don't care. Before it was very like principled. I was like, no, they are wrong. We should not give them what they want. They're being a petulant child and just like digging their heels in because they want what they want and they want us to give it to them. And towards the end, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I remember one night the bakery was closed. And it was like nine o'clock at night. Somebody wanted a sheet cake written on. And I was like, well, I've never done it. I'll give it a try. It's going to look like Mm -hmm. shit. It looked like shit. Like a kindergartner wrote happy birthday on this cake. It looked terrible. I was like, here's a free cake. It's yours. Take it home. Have a funny story to tell your family. Man, the girl at the grocery store sucked ass and couldn't write, but we got a free cake out of it and some candles and ice cream and stuff. I was like, yeah, give it away. Like if that's how the company wants to be and they don't care about the loss, Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, this one situation, but there'll be a repeat customer. They're, they're yeah. going to come back because they're going to be like, okay, that was kind of cool. But that then we cool. had people who completely like gamed the system. And anyway, that whole mentality shifts over to your personal life where you're so used to being walked all over by customers. You end up mm-hmm. being walked all over in your personal life and you mm-hmm. ignore your instincts. And back to that interview with Oprah and even with Sam in this episode, it's not victim blaming. We're not saying, oh yeah, we got to rec- we got to go back to that. Real, not, real fast. Yeah. No, we're, not, <laughs> we're not victim blaming and saying that, like, that you should have thought though. better. You should have thought better. You should have trusted your instincts. We're saying, listen to your instincts. Don't ignore your instincts. They're there for a reason. Worst mm-hmm. case scenario. Oh my God. You hurt some random person's feelings because you didn't want to get in an elevator with them. Boo so fucking who they'll survive. Right. Mm-hmm. but anyway watch that oprah episode it was really good let's get back to our like Real out of quick. context top okay. left uh we just talk about phone booths and we're like what are we yeah doing? So that's, that one? that's carter in the phone booth right yeah carter i mean i know it is phone trying to call home are you trying to know where it's from no i no 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 i'm just trying to like think about like how in nearly every movie or television show when somebody's in a payphone they do similar poses that's what i'm thinking about as i'm staring at this (laughs) it's a limited space there's only so i have never but i have never posed like that on a payphone well yeah because if you're using a payphone in this day and age it's kind of embarrassing no i mean before i'm old sarah (laughs) i have used a payphone in my past (laughs) 
Well, because I never just like hung out. Wait, nobody can see me. I've never just like hung out at a payphone, like. But I feel like because in that case, it's always in the movies because they're on the look. Someone's on the hunt for them, so they got to keep an eye out. Where like right. the other options, like the hoods over, they're like hunkered in, like hey. Right, right, right. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, like Sarah, I just keep telling you to watch Jumpin' Jack Flash. There's an amazing payphone scene in that movie. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Like, gotta you got to find it somehow. You got to find it. I think you'll love it. Anyway, so on to the raid Max Fogger. <laughs> That's obvious. It's the insect. Well, they look like bugs, but also I kind of made the joke that they used a bug bong on teal. On teal. Bug bong. Yeah. They throw the, the smoking can into the corridor. Yeah. Yep. They hit him with the raid. They <laughs> they hit him with the raid. Bottom left, I think we know all about the fast travel to Washington, D.C. I think it's just a lack of context of how much time has passed, I think, yeah. that makes that, like, we don't know, because it looks like it's instantaneous. Right. But, but fast well, travel. maybe not instantaneous, <laughs> but, like, because it is nighttime when she comes out of the chute, like, the the you know the hatch it could be like honestly 2 a.m for all we know it, or earlier or like even 10 p.m you know yeah like she could have gotten out of there somehow managed to avoid all of the other guards and made her way to an airport so that i mean it's still unlikely but i yeah I see no. at least time wise it could work but there are a lot of other factors that would make so, it. Do you guys want a story time on that one of why I very know? So last night, John left yesterday. His flight was supposed to leave at three o'clock. It didn't. It got delayed. It got canceled. So he had to book a, he left at 8 p.m., had to go down to Las Vegas, took a, a 11 p.m. red eye to get to Columbus, Ohio, mm. got there at 6 a.m. and had to drive two hours so he could be at his kid's um field trip today and he got there by 9 a.m wow. so it's possible but it is but yeah stressful so fast travel is difficult possible. fast travel is difficult but possible. possible and um this is one of the only instances of this font that uh i uh <laughs> that you'll accept gaslight gatekeep girl boss, girl boss. I don't I think there's it. any gatekeeping in here unless we're talking about the stargate but there's lots of gaslighting and there's lots oh, of girl bossing God. Yeah, I thought it was uh, so good. That font specifically is the one that bugs me. That specific, like, hand eat, love, pray. Yeah, live, laugh, live, laugh, love, live, laugh, live, laugh, lesbian, live, laugh, love. Yes, the target ones. Like, damn, oh my god, that's funny as hell. I want to buy that. I'm not even gay. So, all right. Anyway. If you guys want to stick around after the show, my my two co-fries, I'll tell you what happened to the ninth grade a-hole. Yes. It's juicy. I can hang for a minute because you guys don't care if I'm doing other things. No. Um, but yeah, if anybody, just so everybody knows, we'll t- tag it on to the end too. Please go to our Instagram, like that post, follow us, and put a comment. We've got some likes on it, but we don't have comments right now. So people will need to read all the instructions. You need to comment and like comment. and make sure you're following us for uh that ticket giveaway i think i'll also just cut out the announcement and make that a separate video for tomorrow too so that's easier to share around and everything so um but yeah do that we want to give that ticket away we're very excited that we there were (laughs) able to do this for you oh yeah it's exciting 
Um, I can close the iris. Yes, please. Yes. I yes. got it. I'm on it. Um, we ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Mayborn, you're an idiot every day of the week. Why couldn't you just take this one day off and just close the iris? Mm-hmm.